Welcome back to another Saturday matinee on Heavy Pages, a divorce journal. This is Josie, your host. And this week, we will be discussing the movie called Sliding Doors. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this movie before. It's an oldie, but a goodie. It was from back in 1998. If you haven't seen it, obviously, I strongly recommend it. It's not specifically about divorce, but it is about relationships and cheating and breakups and new relationships, ship, new relationships and trust issues. And there's so many layers to this movie that I highly, highly, highly recommend you checking it out. I should also mention, if you haven't seen this movie, that obviously this is going to be full of spoilers. So if you want to watch the movie first and then come back to hear what I have to say, that'd be great. If you want to hear what I have to say and then go watch the movie, cool, but I'm spoiling it all over the place. So just a little warning to you. So it stars Gwyneth Paltrow as Helen, John Hanna as James, John Lynch as Jerry, and Janine Triplehorn as Lydia. Those are the main characters that we will probably be discussing in this um, in this episode, even though, of course, there's a lot of great supporting people on here, but mostly those are the four we'll be talking about. So the premise of the movie is kind of neat and different. It's kind of like an alternate reality. Also, I'll mention that when I say she, I'm talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's Helen because since she is the star of the movie and it's told basically from her perspective, that's where I'm giving my review from. So you'll hear me say she, 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 and forget to say Gwyneth Paltrow or Helen, but I mean Gwyneth Paltrow's Helen. Hope that clarifies things for you. So the story is that she's running to catch a subway and in real life, she misses the subway. But the movie splits off to show what would have happened if she would have actually caught the subway. So it kind of shows her life as it is, and then her life as it could have been. Unfortunately for her, in the life as it is, she doesn't catch the train, so she doesn't show up to her house in time to catch her longtime living boyfriend, Jerry, cheating with Lydia. But in the alternate reality, she does run into the train, make it on the train, and then make it home to catch Jerry and Lydia in the act. And I will say I was extremely happy to see how she reacted when she caught them. Mostly because she didn't react at all to Lydia. She didn't acknowledge her, basically, even though Lydia tried to talk to her. And I think that that was, I'm not going to go with classy, but you know what? At this point, the chick is irrelevant. It's Jerry that you need to have a reckoning with. So I liked that she did that. After, of course, then Lydia left, she gets... uh, you know, starts smacking him around and and leaves him, which is good. 
And then um, it's hard to kind of talk about this movie because of the type of movie it is with alternate realities. So I think that let me start by saying that she lives with Jerry. Helen lives with Jerry. And Jerry is a writer, quote unquote. So she is working while he is writing a book. So basically she's paying all the bills, which already I do understand that that does happen in relationships and that sometimes you do support your partner when they're working on, you know, something that eventually will benefit both of you and all of that. But I don't know. I just saw the guy just by the way he looked, his doughy eyes and he looks smarmy. I don't know. He looked just weak to me. Just looking at him, he looked weak to me. And that's just a judgment on his appearance. And again, I've seen this movie before, so maybe I'm judging him because I know who he turns out to be. So maybe I'm looking at him through that lens. But so that's basically the deal. She is supporting him. He's working on his book. She gets fired the day that she misses the train. She just got fired from a job at an advertising agency and she got mugged on the street. So ended up in the hospital. So a lot of stuff happened to her that day. So maybe one more thing of running into her boyfriend cheating. It was nice that she got spared, I guess. Okay, so we're just going to talk about first when she doesn't get on the, doesn't make the train. So she makes it home to him. She sees a little things uh, not seeming copacetic, you know, like a glass where it shouldn't be or whatever, but she's not really stressing about it. And then what I notice is when she tells him about how terrible her day was, that he just seems on the surface like the sweetest, most attentive guy. He takes her out, you know, tries to lift up her mood and, and just being so sweet and caring and attentive. But we, the audience, know that basically it's just him trying too hard, maybe because of his own guilt, because he's cheating on her. So we notice that she mentions also that they haven't had sex in more than two months. And, you know, she questions him and he just totally overreacts. And what are you saying? And how dare you? And just he goes off the rails. And, you know, I'm going to mention, I've been hearing a couple words lately that I don't remember being so popular. And those two words are gaslighting and narcissist. Everybody is a narcissist now. I have to do more research on exactly what narcissist means. But then I'm always hearing everybody saying people are getting gaslit and gaslighting. And then when I watched this scene in this movie, I said, oh, I think... And I still could be wrong, but I think this is an example of gaslighting. Like, he knows that she's onto something, but instead of whatever, owning up to it or walking away or changing the subject, he just goes all into, oh, look at how you are. It's all in your head. You, you, you. I mean, yikes. It's so, that was interesting. And I think I might now understand what gaslighting is, though I could be totally wrong. Jerry. What can I say about Jerry? I think he is such a weak, weak 
individual. He's like, I don't want to cheat on Helen, but I can't say no to Lydia because, well, Lydia really, she's kind of scary, but he's a wimp and he's not willing to stand up for himself or his relationship. And he's, he'll go whichever way the wind blows him, basically, or Lydia blows him. Anyway, haha, little joke there. So I just, I see him and I watch him and he's always nervous and simpering and I just don't know what anybody sees in him but he he's weak he's a weak guy then when we watch Helen in this reality what can I say about her I mean she's a hard worker and she picks up the slack she got fired from that job so she goes and gets two other you know menial jobs but whatever she needs to do to pay the bills he doesn't say let me go to work and help out No, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And now you can figure out another way to pay the bills, which honestly, for me, if I lost my job and I was helping my partner because he's writing a book or creating a play or whatever he's doing and I'm helping him, but then I lose my job and he doesn't step up and say, dude, I'm going to pause what I'm doing so that we can figure out what we need to figure out. And start making some money and get the bills paid. And then I can get back to what I'm doing. If that does not happen for me, I think that I would be like, dude, I'm out of here. I am not here to be taking care of no person besides myself. I'm happy to be a team player. But when I'm pulling all the weight and you're just hanging around, I don't think so. I don't feel that to be respectful. I don't feel that to be, okay, this might be totally what's the word, not PC these days or whatever, but I do feel that a man has a role to play. And if I'm helping him because he's doing something that later is also going to help us, that's great. But I have more pride or I, maybe it's not even that, that, maybe it's not pride. It's just, I'm not turned on. I don't find it attractive to have to be taking care of a man. If he can't take care of himself or pull his own weight, then I'm not interested. So I find that to be very off-putting in their situation. And it doesn't help that she's out there busting her butt in two jobs a day, you know, two different shifts, day, night, and he's still running around with this chick cheating on her. I, I just, I can't. I refuse to accept that. So what I see about Helen is that she does not have a lot of self-esteem in this current reality, which unfortunately is the real reality. You know, she's a hard worker, but she's not questioning too much. She's not standing up for herself too much, or maybe not in a way that I feel I would in that situation. She sees things. They don't seem um, okay. They seem a little fishy, but she's like, I'm going to kind of ignore it. I'm not going to worry about it. Then she gets treated like crap by a customer. And of course, turns out that that customer is Lydia just screwing with her. And, you know, she apologizes. She sucks it up. I don't know. I just got the feeling that this particular Helen was lacking maybe some self-esteem. And I really think that she might have been lacking it because of the relationship she was in. Because I don't see that that Jerry fellow um, fosters any self-help or self-esteem building qualities. 
So let's talk about Lydia. She's the other woman, and I am a firm believer in the other woman is not the responsible party for your relationship because she's not the one who made a promise to each other. For example, if you're in a marriage, you and him are the ones who made vows, not this other person. So you and him are the ones that need to duke this out. You know, I if I see a man and a, if I see my husband in bed with a woman, I'm not going to go and pull her out by her hair. I'd rather go to him and beat the shit out of him personally. But that being said, this Lydia character is just a bitch. I mean, she's terrible. She's the most terrible example of another woman that you could possibly think of. She knows that he has somebody else. She doesn't care that he has somebody else. She wants him, so she'll cheat with him, and then she'll, you know, make him all nervous and worried uh, because she, when, for example, when they go away together while Helen is working, you know, she makes noise when he's on the phone with um, Helen just to try and, you know, break them up in the most or least passive-aggressive way possible. And also, like I mentioned earlier, she hires or orders from Helen's shop just to get Helen in there so that she can berate her and treat her like crap, which, I mean, it's not Helen's fault that she's dating a guy that you used to date and that you still want. I mean, I don't even understand. Okay, this is what I was going to say. This woman, Lydia, she looks well put together. She looks like a professional. She drives a great car. She's like a businesswoman. She looks like she has her crap together, but right under the surface, you realize that she has zero self-esteem because you don't sit there and keep doing what you're doing with the guy who is in a long-term committed relationship with somebody else, even though you dated him a long time ago, even though you, he might have been the love of your life. But when you come back and he's with somebody else and then you're running around hiding, you have to call him and pretend that you're somebody else, you have to beg for attention. No, that's not somebody who has any self-respect at all, in my opinion. That's what I think about her. She and he are probably made for each other because she's a... No, you know what? I'm not even going to say that. I bet you that if they did end up getting together, they wouldn't last five minutes. I think maybe what she also enjoyed was not being able to have him and fighting for him. But anyway, I digress. So what happens? Well, when they go out on this um, weekend getaway while poor Helen is working, they have a fight. And Lydia gets pissed off because she's waiting for him to break up with Helen to get back with him. And he won't hurry up and do it. And she finally is realizing that she's waiting around and he's not doing anything and she's done. So she breaks it off and says, stop calling me. I don't ever want to talk to you again great. He is so excited. And in fact, he goes to his friend and I have to look up the name of his friend because his friend is a great comic relief character. Douglas McFran is Russell and Russell is Jerry's best bud that he's always talking to in the bar. And after Lydia breaks up with him, he goes to his friend and tells him, oh, it's over. It's over. You know, I finally did it, which he did nothing. He is a complete and utter wimp. He did nothing. She is the one who finally said things were over. So she walks away and 
I thought, great, the woman finally got some self-respect and decided to stand up for herself. But wouldn't that just be great if that was the truth? But, of course, it wasn't. You know, when you, not you, when a person like Lydia breaks up with the guy that she's been cheating with because he wouldn't leave the other woman, you think really she's like, man, that sucked. I wasted all this time. He won't leave her. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say the better woman won, but the other woman won, and I'm just going to go on and move forward with my life. No way. What is she going to do next? Well, of course, typical movie fashion, she calls him and says that she's pregnant. And then to finish things off, she calls Helen and pretends like she is offering her a job so that she can make a meetup where Jerry, Helen, and Lydia are all in the same room. That's how Helen in real time finds out that he's cheating on her. And at this point, Helen knows that she's also pregnant, but she didn't tell him because every day she's noticing more and more that this guy is just not, he's not right. So thankfully, she finally has to basically get hit over the head with it in a very obvious way to realize that he is no good. Unfortunately, she goes and has an accident and loses the baby, but also can then have a clean break from Jerry. What a whirlwind way for this real reality to go. And it's unfortunate. The Lydia woman was horrible. I don't think we ever find out. No, we don't ever find out how it goes between Jerry and Lydia. If she really was pregnant, and you know, she probably wasn't because that's one of the oldest tricks in the book. But I bet that now that Helen is out of the way, he's like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? She's going to have my baby. Might as well get married. And they have a miserable rest of their lives. Or at least (laughs) that's what I'm hoping, which is not very nice. I'm sorry. But it is what it is, right? That's probably how they end up. Now, let's go back to the alternate reality where she shows up and finds them in bed together and walks away, goes to live with a friend and meets someone casually, just a nice guy that happened to give her an earring that fell and happened to run into each other a couple times over. And that is James. And James is a seemingly friendly, chit-chatty guy. Lots of, um, I don't know, to me, and I know that this is supposed to be, well, it all takes place in London, I forgot to mention, or in England, I should say. And um, so there's all of that, but it just seems like the guy has a whole bunch of witty. He's just super witty and maybe almost too witty. I just, I, I don't know. I get exhausted with guys like that, but that's just me. Um, some people might really dig that, but for me, it was just like, oh my God, just say what you're going to say or I don't know. You'll see if you watch the movie and if you have watched the movie, what I mean. Otherwise, James seems like a very nice guy. He seems friendly. He seems caring and he seems decent from what you can tell. 
He also spends some time getting to know Helen and talking to her basically as friends. And he inspires her to maybe uh, strike out on her own and start her own business after she got fired from an ad agency because apparently, you know, she should know enough or, you know, give it a try. So she does. She gives it a try. And this alternate reality, Helen, is she's doing great. She's living with her friend, but she's like, I'm living my best life. I am not worried about my ex, Jerry, even though she does ask now and then if he's called and she's not all of a sudden into another guy. She's making the best out of her life and moving forward. And this is something that I always say also about men, about helping him, you know, the, the ex and whatever. In relationships, for me, this is how I feel. If you have a partner that keeps you equal to where you are or takes you further where, or you can move further in your life or your dreams or your whatever, that's good. But if you're being held back, that's no good. And what you see here is that without Jerry, Helen is doing great. She is inspired to try something new and to open up her own business. Jerry was not going to inspire her that way. It didn't benefit him for her to do that, in my opinion. And maybe he just didn't even think about it because he doesn't care enough about her to give her any sort of positive suggestions, ideas, or reinforcement. I'm really hating on Jerry, but dude, he's just a jerk. But anyway, back to, I already forgot his name, James, back to James. James, he was nice. He was flirty. She kind of started digging him and they started dating and they had a nice time and he seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like a perfectly nice guy with zero problems. Of course, since I've seen this movie before, I know that he has a big secret. And what's his big secret is that he is still married. Now, married, but separated, but pretending to be married for his mother's sake, because his mother is very ill and they don't want to tell her that they're breaking up because she might not be able to handle that kind of news. So him and his soon-to-be ex-wife are very friendly. They get along well and they're willing to continue that ruse for his mother, which is all fine and good. But why wouldn't you tell the girl that you are starting to date, that you're really interested, that you really like, that that's what's going on, especially knowing that she is just coming out of a bad relationship where the last guy cheated on her. You know, this is where I just don't understand men. I don't, you know, I'm going to say men because in this situation, it's a guy who's doing this, right? Why? Why not just tell her? If you are upfront and honest about it, and this is my opinion, if you're married but separated, I'm okay with that if you're actually separated. If you're married but separated, and I'm going to use quotes because you still live together, that's not going to work for me. Um, nope, that's not going to work. I, you might be separated, but I know from experience that when you're separated, you, somebody still has more feelings than someone else. You probably still fool around and... I'm not going to be with a guy that is that close to the ex where that could possibly happen. I'm not interested. And honestly, if you're still living together, I think that there's not an official... You haven't gone through all of the emotions that you need to to officially be separated. Now, again, I 
separated from my husband and we were separated, not living together, but we took a long time to deal with the divorce, two years. And yeah, sure. I dated, I dated guys. I dated, you know, on and off, nothing major during that time, but we did not live together. And it didn't really seem to be an issue because, you know, those emotions had been dealt with for the most part by then. But if you're still living together, that's not going to work. So anyway, that was all tangent that I went on. But if him and his ex are really separated, non-living together, then it's okay. Be honest. Be honest. Why can't you just be honest? I know. I know. It's a movie. And if he was honest, then there wouldn't have been the drama and all of that. Yes, I get it. But in reality, in real life, if you're watching this, don't lie or don't hold it back. Just be honest. So about Lydia and Jerry in this alternate reality, they're free to be together because Helen makes the decision to break up with him. So he didn't have to do any of the heavy lifting and he gets to be with the old girlfriend and the old girlfriend gets to be with him. But then what happens? Then Jerry sees Helen having fun and being happy and being free with not really another man because when he sees her, she's just with a group of people. So he doesn't know that she's maybe dating someone or whatever. He's just seeing that she's living life, not worried about him, not moping in a corner, having a great time. And then Lydia gets to see him still pining over Helen and she's disgusted and decides that forget it, even though she quote unquote won, she never really won because he never really wanted to be with her. She was just the consolation prize. And because Jerry's the type of guy that isn't willing or maybe doesn't have the mental fortitude to stand up for himself, make decisions for himself, or be a man, that he's like, well, at least if I don't have Helen, I have this girl. But she realizes that he does not really care about her, that he's still pining for Helen, and she walks away. Now, in this reality, I guess she does walk away because she has nobody to hurt or injure because Helen doesn't give a crap anymore. She's gone. All she did was basically hurt herself by chasing after a loser of a guy who was in another relationship and wasting a whole bunch of time and giving herself very little value and having zero self-respect by chasing a guy. And at the end, she didn't really have him anyway. So I think that's some nice comeuppance for her in this situation, especially after seeing the kind of biatch she's really going to be. And then when Jerry finally reaches out to Helen in that alternate reality, she's, I don't know, I'm not sure how I feel about how she reacted with him. I know that it's a plot point because it has to make James feel a little concerned or nervous, but even though she was basically noncommittal, I think the noncommittal bothered me because I think she needed to be more like, get out of here, loser. I don't want anything to do with you. You're a cheater and I... I have zero time for you. That's what I wanted. I wanted to see some anger, maybe some get over yourself. Some don't come talking to me too little, too late. You're a waste of my time. I don't know. But 
that's not what we got. She was kind of open to listening to, which then did give us a little more closure when she does go see him and Helen does, I mean, not Helen, and Lydia actually does pop back up again, calling him, telling him that she's pregnant, which I guess means either she really was pregnant or she was still trying to use that last great hook that some women use by saying that she was pregnant. But Helen then figured out that he still had a connection with this other chick, and she was like, no, I'm really done. This is just the closure I needed. So that part was good. And then, well, what happens? In the end, this is the alternate reality. So Helen discovers that James has a wife. She gets upset, feels the terrible pain of heartbreak again. But finally, he can explain to her that they're not really married. And everything seems great. And then tragedy strikes. And this is the way that they merge the two universes back together into one. And I know that I'm always disappointed when the merging means that Helen is back into her real reality where she wasn't a kick-ass business owner, where she's just finally realizing what a loser Jerry is. And she has to start this journey all over again and meet James all over again. So what's the story here? What's the lesson? I guess the lesson is, like many things in life, pay attention to the red flags. Don't ignore the red flags. Always remember to give yourself value to respect yourself, to, yes, of course, be a team player. Yes, of course, if you have to be the one lifting the family when someone else can't for whatever reason, absolutely. But don't allow yourself to get walked on. Don't be the end-all, be-all while the other person is just chilling. Don't be that person. Don't do that to yourself. And then, um, I don't know, what else is there? Honesty. Honesty is a big deal. Guys and women, be honest. Just say it up front. I don't know how many movies and shows I watch lately that just drive me nuts. Look, (laughs) I'm going to go really, you know, weird here, but I was just watching last night The Little Mermaid 2. And it was just another example of um, Ariel won't tell her daughter that Ursula's sister is the bad guy. She just says, oh, but honey, I wish I wouldn't have lied. Just say it. Say it right now. Two seconds later, her daughter does the wrong thing. And then what does Ursula's sister say? The two sentences that I told Ariel, she didn't hear me, to say. A, I was protecting you because the ocean wasn't safe. B, the ocean wasn't safe because of her. And that's the two things that the Ursula sister, I didn't even bother to learn her name, says right away, which then suddenly, oh my God, the girl gets it. And she's like, crap, I made a big mistake. Anyway, the point is, it's movies. And I get that. But in real life, do we 
Do we not say exactly what we mean? Do we kind of just hint around or hope that they maybe, you know, can read between the lines? Ah, I don't think that that is helpful for anybody. I think it's important to say what you mean, mean what you say, be clear, be precise, always with respect, always with kindness. Um, no one's going to listen to you if you're being a jerk, clearly. No one's going to listen to you if you're just sounding like a, a banshee, you know, but say it, say it clear. Make sure the other person is listening and um, present so that you can actually have a clear conversation. And I am saying this because I've learned that I need to do this because for me, I have in the past just kind of said, well, he should get what I mean or, you know, why doesn't he get the hint or just being vague and vague doesn't get anybody anywhere. So I have started to write down on a piece of paper my talking points and when I have to have a conversation and it drives my current partner nuts when I do this because he sees the paper coming and he's like, oh God, we are going to have one of those conversations. But that way I know that I said everything I needed to say. I try not to deviate from the point and ramble and get sidetracked and then I say everything I need to say, and then it's his turn. And it's helpful for me. Keeps me from, you know, going off on a tangent, which I think you guys have learned by now is exactly what I tend to do. And it makes sure that I didn't miss anything and that what I think is the most important has been said. So that relates back to this movie, I think, in the fact that you just have to be clear be clear, say it, don't hint at it, be honest. I guess in closing, I would say that this was a good movie. It definitely touches on a lot of different aspects of relationships, how they can go well, how they can go badly, how relationships and situations in relationships are handled are good, bad, or need improvement, or are spot on. So I don't think there was a single spot on one in here. It was basically an entire learning experience. Hopefully you all enjoy my interpretation. Um, if you haven't seen it, hopefully I inspired you to go check it out. And maybe you'll be like, I don't know what Josie's saying. She's crazy. I thought this was great, or I thought this was terrible, or I thought, I thought, I thought... And hopefully you do have your own thoughts and bring your own experience and your own opinions into the movie. But in the end of the day, hopefully you just enjoy it. And I hope that also you enjoyed this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And I will catch you on the next one. Thanks and goodbye. Goodbye.